0: Good morning and welcome to Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. And it is a uh, beautiful, sunny Sunday on the 11th of September, uh, 9-11. And it happened in 2001 that we were attacked. And it's a day of remembrance. Um, Please remember what happened. And uh, think about all those who suffered and died. Okay? Today is going to be 82 degrees. Uh, It's going to be 58 um, tonight. Uh, Humidity is going to be low. UV index 5 of 10. Sun rose this morning at 641 a.m. will set at 728 p.m. The moon will rise at 824 p.m. and will set at 804 a.m. Monday will be 75 and 55. Tuesday, the 13th, will be 73 and 55. Same for Wednesday. Thursday, it's getting cooler, and it will be declining ever so slowly. Thursday will be 70 and 55, 66 and 52, and Saturday and Sunday, 68 and 51, and it will be that way until the 22nd of the month. All right, um, we came out of a red flag warning, and that expired at midnight this evening. Uh, we have some great, no- great stories for you on Good News Network, and I'll be uh, talking to you about those as we go through our morning. The causes of human actions are usually immeasurable, more complex and varied than our explanations of them. That is by Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. That's it. I, hopefully, I didn't butcher his name too much. Here is Michael Bublé and "Come Dance with Me," "Crazy Love" by Jeff Golub. Love's Theme by Rick Braun and Our Love by Matt Bianco right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch KSVU 90.1 FM in Concrete, Washington.
1: they're they're cutes put on your dancing boots and come dance with me Come dance with me what you men for? Some turks a car Pretty place, I know a swinging place Come on, dance with me a Romance with me, i caught it far And while the rhythm swings What lovely things we'll be saying And what is dancing but making love set to music but when the band begins to leave the stand And folks start to roam As we win home cheek to cheek will be So come on, come on, come on, come on And dance with me Hey, that sweet throw on those Latin cleats and come dance with me. Uh, what I mean is, come on and my legs. A uh, cha cha cha, uh, a a split, and do the bongo bed. Come on, dance with me. Roll romance with me. Ooh la 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 la. I don't care what it has, cause that jawbone jazz makes me move it. And they charade When the band starts to groove it They prove it Come on by, cause we're all set to fly And I'll let you lead If that's agreed, you know where I'll be So come on, come on, come on Come on, come on, come on Come on, come on Come and dance with me i will do the cha-cha-cha Ooh, the meringue we will going to play go
2: Mm 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 mm
0: That's Matt Bianco, and he helped get Basha Trecholuska, or just Basha, started, and uh, pretty cool, isn't it? He's a great musician, and uh, he's got a good band. So anyway, um, a mythical Welsh kingdom drowned by the sea could have existed according to Glacier Research and a famous map. This is kind of an interesting story. A mythical kingdom lost to the sea as part of a Welsh tradition dating back to medieval period could have really existed according to new evidence on evolution of the Welsh coastline. The research started with the earliest surviving map of Great Britain on which two islands are depicted in Cardigan Bay in West Wales, which no longer exists today. Several versions of the legend exist. An article from BBC, dated in 2012, explains the oldest can be found in the Welsh fable history called the Black Book of Carmarthen. It goes something like this In the land of Contre Gwalad, there was a country named Maes Gwynodo. Or let me restate that, restate it. Gwidno, G-Y-G-W-Y-D-D-N-O, Gwidno, okay? The site of the kingdom of Marianid, ruled by a man born 520 CE named Gwidno here Sounds something like Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? Or Longshanks. So fertile was the land that there had once been one acre said to have produced as much as four on the mainland. A dike kept the sea from flooding Marionid, and as sluice gates at the low tide were opened to drain the land of water, which were closed again at high tide. Several iterations exist whereby the watchmen of the sluice gates becomes distracted one night during a storm and leaves the gates open. In one tale, a drunken watchman named Sithinin has too much fun at a party. In another, he pursues a watchwoman, the fair maid Myronid, and they both forget to close the sluice gates. In all versions, the land is drowned by the sea and the residents are forced to leave their land behind. We know the West Wales coast has changed significantly over time, said Professor Simon Haslott of Swansea University, Department of Geography. Evidence from the Roman cartographer Ptolemy suggests the coastline 2,000 years ago may have been some 13 kilometers further out to sea than it is today with its origins in the 13th century the go map G-O-U-H, or gough excuse me housed at Oxford university's Bodleian library has proven extraordinary extraordinarily accurate in previous use cases and the two islands are clearly marked one is between Aberswyth and the other is be- between Eberswith and Aberdovey, And the other is between Bartmouth and to the north. Hazlith and his team suggest that the islands could be remnants of a low-lying landscape underlain by soft glacial deposits laid down during the last ice age. Since then, forces of erosion have worn away the land, reducing it to islands before these two were worn away and disappearing by the 16th century. It's a beautiful story, a great tale. We love stuff like this, don't we? You can go read more about it and The Black Book of Carmathan in later folklore on the thegoodnewsnetwork.org. Let's get into our next set of music. Here is What the World Needs Now is Love by Wes Montgomery, Bittersweet by Peter White, Bossa Love by Peter Pearson and right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. Gotta sneak that one in. <laughs> Soul Bossa Nova by Quincy Jones. It was the same beat as Bossa Love. And uh, that was from, of course, Austin Powers. Remember him? <laughs> Mike Myers. Anyway, let's get into our next story. And that was a really cool song. I love that. And they just kind of fit together, didn't they? That's the power of being a disc jockey. <laughs> Anyway, making music mix. How an Apache pro skater and Tony Hawk's foundation are bringing a skate park to an Indian reservation. When when an Apache man moved to a new town and found it needed a skate park, he and the tribe petitioned skating legend Tony Hawk to hook up the Apache youth with professional facilities. A lot of preconceptions exist about Native Americans, but even the most attentive student of history might not realize that skateboarding is the fastest-growing sport on tribal reservations. The kids from the town of White River uh, in the Fort Apache Indian Reservation in Arizona have had to make do, thanks to their DIY, DIY attitude, with the foundations of an abandoned building project for a skate park. With other tribal funding concerns and the pandemic to boot, money to create a proper skate park were simply just not there, and the skaters had to carry on with what they could find. Enter Douglas Miles Jr., a skater and Apache from the San Carlos Indian Reservation who moved to his wife's hometown of White River in 2019. Miles Jr. knew a thing or two about getting a skate park built. He and his father Douglas Miles Sr. rallied community support to petition the San Carlos Tribal Council to build a skate park in their community three years ago. Miles Jr. was a seventh grader when he picked up the sport, and like kids at White River, he and his friends also used to make do with DIY obstacles and old abandoned concrete metalworks for a skate park. The $200,000 skate park was built as part of a larger sports complex by the council atop an abandoned jail, which everyone agreed was more than a little poetic. You can read more about this White River skate park and how Tony Hawk got involved on goodnewsnetwork.org. Here we go with our last set of music for this first hour. Till We Meet Again by Paul Taylor, Never Too Much by Paul Jackson Jr., Feels Like 84 by LeBron and Black Dynamite featuring Donald Hayes and Julian Vaughn right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. Mm jump right into our next hour with our next set of music here is yanni and ritual de amor desire harlem nocturne by kofi kicking back by wayne braxton and news from the blues by bob mammoth right here on smooth jazz sunday brunch can Lo- So um, I was just texting my executive producer for my sci-fi scripted series and uh, we just signed a big deal and I can't tell you where it's going because it's going there next week and there's a letter X in the name of the place that it's going to but I can't tell you anything more than that and it could be big, so really big. But anyway, I'll keep you informed as time comes and time goes on. So watch this space. And I told her, shazbat nanu nanu. Remember that from Mork and Mindy? Anyway, enough about that. Uh, Let me get rid of this song in the queue. There we go. Now, evidence of amputation from 31,000 years ago. Patient survival for a decade shows advanced medical expertise in prehistoric times by aliens. No, it's not by aliens. A child that lived in Borneo 31,000 years ago had its left foot amputated and survived for nearly a decade. It's the oldest evidence of surgical limb amputation and predates the previous record by an astonishing 24,000 years. Those who remove the lower third of the young patient's leg must have had detailed knowledge of anatomy and musculature and vascular systems to prevent fatal blood loss and infection. Scientists hypothesized they may have had access to a natural antiseptic from the rainforest's rich variety of plants. The leg bone shows a clean sloping cut made with a sharp tool. The patient was an adolescent aged 8, 11 to 14. After the procedure, they used a crutch or perhaps a prosthetic to negotiate a difficult environment. Its gender is unknown, but most likely a male. Named TB1, its remains were buried in Lang Cave, an Indonesian island of East East. East I forgot the T. East Kalamantan, which coincidentally contains some of the world's earliest dated rock art. Pretty cool. This unexpectedly early evidence of a successful limb amputation suggests at least some modern human foraging groups in tropical Asia had developed sophisticated medical knowledge and skills long before the Neolithic farming transition, said Dr. Tim Maloney of Griffith University in Australia. Animal attack or accident seems unlikely, as does punishment since the individual seems to have received careful treatment after surgery and burial. Furthermore, during surgery, the surrounding tissue, including veins, vessels, and nerves were exposed and negotiated in such a way that allowed this individual to not only survive, but continue living with an altered mobility, added Dr. Maloney. Although it's not possible to determine whether infection occurred after surgery, this individual evidently did not suffer from an infection severe enough to leave permanent skeletal markers or cause death. Intensive post-operative nursing and care would have been vital, such as temperature regulation, regular feeding, bathing, and movement to prevent bed sores while the individual was immobile. This was fantastic. There's more to this story on goodnewsnetwork.org. I highly suggest you go take a look at it. Here's Small Town in Texas by Zachary Bro. Darling, Darling Baby by Brian Tarquin, Into the Light by, and it's small text, I'm sorry, Demetrius uh, Neighbors and Althea Rene, and Hope for Tomorrow by Tom Braxton and Bob James, right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch. Tom Braxton, Bob James, Hope for Tomorrow, right here on Smooth Jazz Sunday Brunch, KSVU 90.1 FM, Concrete Washington, or in my particular instance, Bird's View, Washington, since I broadcast from home and in my home studio, which is, of course, uh, dotted with several other things across the uh, walls and trinkets and things like that. Anyway. Scientists discover how to starve melanoma of its key growth enzyme in a new breakthrough. Yay! Um, Scientists say new treatments for the most severe form of skin cancer could be developed now that they've made a major breakthrough, discovering a way to inhibit a key growth enzyme in melanoma. When, here we go. I gotta say this right. This when GCDH you can figure it out, there's a 35-letter word there before all that, was inhibited in tumors, they weren't able to survive for long term. Potentially, this is because it's a key source of food, but also it triggered a protein called NRF2. There is no long 25- or 35-letter word before that. To acquire an inability to suppress cancer. GCDH deprivation is now being theorized as a potential treatment both through targeting pharmaceuticals in the case of GDH inhibitor or as a dietary intervention. In the study, we use genetic approaches to inhibit GCDH, which provide the proof of concept to search for small molecules inhibitors, says Sachin Verma, Ph.D., a postdoctoral researcher, in the Ronai lab in Stanford, and first author of the study. Indeed, we are actively searching for potential drugs that could inhibit inhibit GCDH, which would be candidates for novel melanoma therapies. Starvation as a treatment and or cure for a variety of different cancers has been explored in oncology as tumors grow fast, but require tons of energy. Tumorous cells eat a lot of sugar, Remember the old saying, bugs love sugar, but also dine on the growth factors produced through protein consumption. This could be something like IFG1, (laughs) another acronym which I have no idea what it means, or GCDH, which the researchers have discovered is especially needed in melanoma, such that it alone among six key enzymes utilized by the tumors caused it to stop spreading. GCDH is critical in healthy persons for absorbing tryptophan and lysine. Remember tryptophan? That thing that the turkey does when we eat it makes us fall asleep. They are two essential amino acids critical for dozens of processes in the body. You can read more about GCDH, uh, L-I-G-F-1, or the other acronym which really has no meaning, (laughs) N-R-F-2. goodnewsnetwork.org and that concludes our stories for today Uh, oh my goodness acronyms L O L, -L W-T-I won't say that Uh, straight up here by Michael Manson no relation to Charles of course Uh, Just In Featuring by Justin Lee and uh, Gerald Albright Awakening featuring Kirk Whalum keiko matsui right here on smooth jazz gcdhrf12 and uh (laughs) lol5 smooth jazz sunday brunch with talking sorry about that i got able to was able to squeeze in a little basha and rachel's waltz right there well i hope you had a great day today it's going to be a little warm but that's okay it's going to get cooler as we get into september listen you have a great day please be nice to your neighbor take care enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you right here next week on the radio